Well, I am delighted to introduce someone that actually I personally met just a few days ago. March is known a little bit longer, but March and I uh, met with uh, this young woman, and her father was there as well, and shared her story. And I was so touched by her story that I wanted to share it with others. This is Kelly Clark. Kelly, welcome to our little podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Let me tell you just a little bit more about Kelly, if I could. She's, uh, at this point, 32 years of age, very young compared to some of us around here. Anyhow, she grew up in a Christian home. She's always known about the Lord. But she would say that at the age of 15, she was rather lethargic in her walk with God at that time. But also, at the same time, uh, from an early age, she demonstrated an ability in the area of ballet, so much so that in her teens, she was invited to study with the, is it called Kirov? Yes. Academy and the Royal Ballet School. That's a summer program in London, England, of all places. I mean, that's amazing. However, on the downside, a growing medical issue in her life put a halt to her ballet dreams. She was ultimately diagnosed with something called POTS, P-O-T-S, which is a non-curable disease that limits people in many ways and really made ballet for her impossible. Shattered dream. But what's so cool, and the reason I wanted to get her on this podcast is that, and I could tell just in meeting with her, that looking back, she is grateful, actually grateful, that God gave her this POTS as it drew her closer to him on a daily basis. That is so cool. It also set her heart and mind on the blessings of eternity rather than on the passing joys of this brief life. So again, Kelly, thank you for taking time to be with us today. What a story you've got, young woman. That's really cool. Oh, it's all from God. Yeah, what an awesome God. So how did you get into ballet in the first place? Where did that come? Did, Did you have sisters, brothers, relatives? How did you even think to get in ballet when you started? It was one of my best friend's moms. Okay. She she was into ballet? She was a dancer. Yep. Okay. One day she was just teaching me some moves and um, her mom noticed and talked to my mom and said, Hey, I think Kelly, you might like this. (laughs) Um, So we went down together to a summer program at the Grand Rapids Ballet. How old were you at the time? How old were you at the time? Do you know? I think I was 10. Okay. All right. Mm. And I was hooked. <laughs> Apparently, a- you had an amazing ability. I, I would, you don't want to see me try to do anything <laughs> along those lines. But although I have a daughter who, who's, she's quite a dancer, but uh, anyhow, that, that would not be my strength at all. But apparently, you had an incredible ability at age 10, even, huh? Mm-hmm. Yep. I technically didn't start until I was 11. Okay. Um, we went when I was 10 and my parents were kind of like, do you want to go for the year or why don't we just wait and see if you like it? And that whole year I was like, yeah, no, I want to, I would really like to go back. So. Oh, that's neat. So did it, did it surprise you that, that you had ability in this area? Did you think, whoa, I mean, compared to others, you apparently had significant ability. Did, was that a surprise or did you think, yeah, I always thought I'd be able to do this. Um, I don't think it was a surprise to them because actually my grandparents had noticed that I had kind of a, the way I moved oh, okay. was 
graceful, I guess. You know, they said she like moves differently than some other people her age. So my grandparents always knew um, that I was graceful. So, so what, what what became your dream, you know, in that area? I mean, what, what did you begin to think? Boy, maybe one of these days, I mean, what, 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 yeah, as you began to develop and train and so on, what, what was the dream that maybe came your way? To join a company, um, preferably, I wanted to join a company overseas. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so you were actually invited to, to, to go over. Did you ever go overseas? I did to London. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And uh, you, you performed there and so on. And then I didn't, go I ahead. didn't perform there. Sorry, I didn't perform there. I was just invited to their summer program. Got it. Um, okay. That was actually the first summer program I'd under, ever attended. Um, did you enjoy it? I loved it so much. Huh? Were you over there a number of weeks or a short period of time? What? Yep, just a few weeks. Wow. Um, so yeah. then, little by little, you developed some physical issues, right? Yeah. So how I went did over that, there. How did that uh, demonstrate itself in your life? What 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 were the symptoms? What what sorts of things happened? Um, I started getting dizzy, hmm. and I started having some thyroid issues. Thyroid issues were really the first thing that happened. Okay. Um, but then I actually passed out at my thyroid doctor's office. I actually totally passed out? Yes. Wow. So um, that became the next problem. Ah, so you would pass out at times. Mm-hmm. Wow, because now, apparently this disease affects your circulatory system. Yes, the autonomic system. Okay. Yep. And circulatory, I can't regulate temperature sure. very well. So then, in talking to you, you went to a, a, a clinic. Uh, what, what which place did you go that you actually got the the diagnosis for the first Mayo, Mayo Clinic? The Mayo Clinic, okay. And they said they they almost immediately said you've got this thing called POTS POTS. Mm-hmm. You know what that stands for? Off by the way, it's postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. Oh. And it's not curable. Is that right? Well, for some people, it can get better. Okay. It really depends on the severity Hmm. of it for the person. Okay. And for you, it's what, severe, not severe? What what would you say in your case? For me, because I live in Michigan, it really depends on the season. Oh, um, so summer right now is pretty pretty good. Um, I can drive and and function almost independently. But mm. when fall and winter come, there's almost there's a very mm. um, severe drop. Okay. Quite quickly. Wow. So I'll be I would be really well one week, and then you know towards the end of August. I'll just be in bed the next week. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. Well, it, it is what it is. And yeah. So your your ballet, your future in ballet was taken away from you. How did you respond? And how old were you at the time when you realized that this, I can't go on anymore and you had to quit ballet? How old were you at that time? I believe I was 17. Okay. How did you respond at that time when, when it was taken from you because of, of the, your illness? 
you know, at the time I thought I responded really well. Um, but looking back, I was going through a lot of emotional turmoil. Mm. I was, I was upset. I was really devastated that, um, this love that I had had been taken away. Um, Mm. but at the time I kind of thought, okay, well, I have this disease and I can work through it. Um, I can go back, but as time, as the years went by, Mm. I realized, nope, this this is something that's going to stay. And Mm. um, so you thought initially that you'd be able to work through it and then get back to ballet, right? Yep. Okay. I found out by the time I was 19, I was bedridden and I actually had to complete the last year of high school from my bed. Oh, Mm -hmm. wow. So how were you emotionally then at that time when you were like 19 and, and just realized that your, your hopes for getting back to what had been a joy of your life was not going to happen. And even to do high school from your bed of all things, how how did that, how did you handle that at the time? Um, I became very depressed, Mm. but um, God was the only stability in my life at that time. He was the only thing I had to really hang on to and realize that he was the only thing that wasn't going to leave or go away. Um, So I really just leaned on him the whole time and really got to know him through the Psalms and through his word. And um, yeah, that's, that's when we got close and I learned that he can take anything I can throw at him um, emotionally and that um, he is mine and I am his. Oh, that is so touching. How did that happen? Did somebody, you know, communicate that to you or did God just directly touch you and, and you sought him and he responded? I think a little bit of both. You know, my dad is a strong Christian. Mm-hmm. So when I would have nights of insomnia, I have a lot of nights of insomnia. And that's um, part of the disease apparently yeah. too, isn't it? Okay. So those are the times when I would pray to God and cry out to him um, from the depths of despair of what I felt. And I would wake up in the, I would, my dad would wake up in the morning and I'll say, I have to talk to you about something. And he really would teach me and say, and just confirm, you know, say, you know, God loves you more than, you know, and um, he's with you throughout all of this. And he's proud of you. Um, wow. That is just amazing. Now, do you have siblings as well? Brothers? I do. I have, I have a brother and a sister. Okay. And are you, where are you, where do you fit in the? I'm the baby. You're the baby. Okay. <laughs> And so you're the only one in the family with this condition, I assume. Yes. Okay. Boy, but your response um, to the pain that you, you know, the theoretically or potentially lifelong disability uh, is such a, a an encouragement to, to the rest of us that get mad when our internet doesn't work. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, you know what I'm saying? They, hey, I, I deserve running hot and cold running water, and I deserve my car to always start when I go. You know what I'm saying? And Yes. But you somehow found God there. And not only God now, but as we talked the other day, even 
you know, in the future, our, our ultimate hope of heaven. What what does that mean to you? The whole concept of of eternity with Him in heaven. Oh, it means peace, and it means healing. Yeah. Um. At one point, I had memorized the Revelation verse, um, twenty one four, I think, of um, there will be no more crying or pain. Mm. Um, and that that I really held on to for a lot of those years of that hope of future of uh, healing and uh, just being with God, being in his presence and um, not feeling any more pain, not having to endure, endure this anymore and having a healed body. Mm-hmm. And if I can go back to something you said about, you know, people get angry about their cars not working. Yes. Something God really impressed upon me during that time was that was thankfulness of, um, I don't think he ever let me feel um, like I was the most sick person in the world. And he never let me say, um, I can't think of the words, but it was, I, I was never able during prayer to be unthankful. Um, I was, I always had to thank God for the fact that I was laying in a comfortable bed while I was sick and that I had a roof over my head and that I had food and Mm. the water that I needed, the medication that I needed and um, two loving caregivers. So um, they would, I always had the essentials and and God had blessed me so much. Um, That's what it was. I I always felt like God was saying, like, I have blessed you so much. Um, So I was never able to be, so you looked instead of the the half empty glass, you looked at the half full glass, didn't you? Yeah. And you know, if, if uh, First Thessalonians five eighteen says, "Give thanks in all circumstances," it doesn't really say feel thankful. Although it sounds like you actually even felt thankful. There's mm-hmm. times where I say thank you for things that I'm I'm kind of upset about, but even in saying thank you to God, I begin to feel a greater sense of gratitude for what I do have. Mm-hmm. But it's so easy. We American, especially American Christians can just, we can complain and get mad, you know, with a half empty glass rather than the, the half full glass. It's, it's very tempting to do, mm-hmm. but uh, so, you know, you've been doing this, you're now 32 years away. So you've been struggling with this for a number of years, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Is it going uphill, downhill? Is it pretty much just stayed the same as far as symptoms? Um, like I said, it's very seasonal. Yeah. Um, I can be doing really well. Like I am, I mean, I I mean, I'm not if people were to observe my life, they would probably say you're not doing really well. Uh-huh. But for me, I'm doing really well right now with the summer. Um, in the fall, I do. We do now know to expect a little bit of what they call the um, the fall slide okay. for patients who, sure. who live in the Midwest. Um, yep. uh, yeah. Well, maybe someday you're going to move down to Florida or Arizona or something, you know, where it can be warmer, yes. more, more parts of a larger part of the year. More stable. Yep. Yep. Well, what, uh, you know, there's people that are watching this that have their own degree. They may be, uh, you know, may be diagnosed with a terminal illness or they've just suffered a relational 
heartache, you know, a divorce or, uh, you know, I've got some issues in their life that that's painful, but yet they're Christians, but they're tempted to say, God, I thought you loved me. And now you're letting this happen. What, what would you want to say to them, uh, Kelly? That God does love you more than you know. And things in this life, although difficult um, and heartbreaking, um, are temporal. Although it's difficult to see that when you're in in the deep waters. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would just always remember that God does these things for your good, even though it doesn't look like it. Um, and always look toward heaven. That's what got me through a lot is um, looking forward to things renewed and being with being with God. And I know all of that is really difficult, but every day there are new morning mercies. Every day God is for you. And just remembering those things, memorizing some verses are helpful. Um, in fact, you get in the book of Psalms, don't you? A fair amount. Mm-hmm. Is that a, is that part of a, is that's some of the favorite part of your your reading in the Bible would be Psalms? Yes, I'm um, kind of now moving out of them, okay. but um, during the hardest times, I would really encourage the Lament Psalms because it for me it said what I was feeling. Oh, that's so good. In a way that I could express to God. And I knew that, you know, David had, had felt that way. And yes. so I thought, oh, well, if he felt that way, <laughs> it was it might be okay. And uh, That's so good. And meditating on, on the Bible, memorizing, and then, mm-hmm. you know, meditating on it in your heart. I've seen that's helped me a ton as well. And when you talk about heaven, I, I think of one of my favorite scriptures is Colossians 3, the first four verses of Colossians 3 which says, set your heart on things above. Since you've been raised with Christ, set your heart on things above, Mm -hmm. not on the earth. Set your mind on things above, Mm -hmm. for you died, past tense, and your life right now is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ who appears, who is your life appears, you'll also appear with him in glory. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, there's this old statement, that person is so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. Mm-hmm. that's not in the Bible. The Bible <laughs> says we're supposed to to look ahead. Yes. Again, we have to deal with what we have here, but I think it's in Philippians 3 where Paul says our citizenship is in heaven, mm-hmm. and we're waiting a, you know, a Savior from there. Mm-hmm. And that is not foolishness. Mm-hmm. You know, this life is short. In fact, that's what got my attention in high school is doing the, the math. 70 70 years is just less than 26,000 days. Wow. Less than a million hours. That's 70 years. Wow. And I thought, wow, that's like not, but eternity is forever. Forever. And so we want to lay up, like Jesus says, lay up treasures in heaven, not on the earth. Mm. And that's what you're doing. Thank you. And you're, you're encouraging so many people by your life. You remind me, Marcia and I last night, I was total of God because here we are, this podcast. But last night we watched this little um, documentary on Fanny Crosby, who wrote over, they think, over 10,000 hymns. And she was blind from, from very young age. 
and yet she memorized scripture and she helped the poor. I mean, she gave, gave, gave. And when I saw that last night, I, I it made me think of you. Wow. Thank you. Well, it's true that you, despite what God has done in your life, you have, you're giving, even by doing this podcast. And uh, you're giving, you're sharing, you're encouraging people that are struggling with different things. So anything else that I haven't asked that you'd like to add before we close in prayer? Um, there is a verse that I really love in Psalms. Um, I have been trying to memorize it. It's a very simple verse, um, but with my co- um, POTS affects cognitive ability yeah, sure. as yeah. well. So um, let me, um, I believe it's it's something like, um, had I not been for it, um, if I had not been afflicted, I would not have learned your ways. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That is very good. Mm-hmm. You know, that he, he, God is sovereign, not a little bit sovereign. He's totally sovereign. He's in charge of things like pots and blindness and mm-hmm. other things. I, I love, don't you love Joseph in the Bible? Yes. I mean, he was sold as a slave by his brothers. He's falsely accused of attempted rape by Potiphar's wife. Mm-hmm. He spends years in prison, mm-hmm. and then he, he gets in a position where he could really pay back his brothers. Mm-hmm. And what does he say to his brothers? What you meant for evil, God meant for good. Oh, wow. God gets good. And and I would say that, again, I wish I could see you get healed of what you've got, my dear sister. But God has allowed it at least up to this point. Maybe you will have a miraculous healing. That would be awesome. But he's allowed it to this point for you to be an encouragement to hundreds, if not thousands of other people. You. So thank you. I just pray God gets the glory out of my life and um, whatever I can do for him. Well, you show it in so many ways. So why don't you close us in prayer, would you? Yes, uh, dear Heavenly Father, I praise you for this time together. I pray that uh, this podcast would be for your glory and that um, your heart would be seen. Lord, I thank you for this time with Randy. Um, and I just I just praise your name. In your name I pray. Amen. 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 Kelly, thanks again. God richly bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to grandawakening.org. That's grandawakening.org.